can start by buying me a drink. All evil. Oh, yeah. All Austin. Do I make you holy, baby? Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Mike Myers. Mike Myers. Heather Graham. And Mike Myers. Surprise, surprise! Austin Powers, the spy who shanked me. What sort of things do you keep in here? Anything that catches my fancy, you know. How do you manage to fit it all in? It stretches to fit, you see. <gasps> you do something. And then you can't believe, like, you unironically did it. Like, you're like, oh my god, I can't believe I got those frosted tips. Do you ever, you know, like you look back in history. I mean, I didn't get frosted tips. Let me be clear. Frosted tips sounds filthy. For something that (laughs) is just getting blonde dye in your hair, it sounds nasty. No, it does sound pretty bad. Like, oh, you want to get them frosted tips? Like, ugh, back off. I'm a youth. Jesus Christ. Go. Ugh, it sounds I just keep thinking frosted flakes when you say that. They're blonde now because I frosted their tips. It's me, Tony the Tiger. He doesn't really talk like that. That's my basketball announcer voice. I was just explaining to Molly before we started the podcast that I want to call, like like you do a basketball game, I want to call an episode of Glee. Uh, like, I want to <laughs> call an episode of Glee where I'm, like, just very seriously sports commentating, but on an episode of the very dated, mostly cringy uh, TV show Glee. No offense to the fans and cast of Someday Glee. Someday we're going to have a whole episode about Glee. Let me be clear about this. Every episode we do from now on might be an episode <laughs> about Glee because I watched a shit ton of that as a kid because you loved it. I did. And I would kind of hate watch it with you and I'd like make fun of it and you'd be like, shut up. This is regionals. This is important. Mm-hmm. You can't make fun of this one, Danny. This is regionals. Danny and, I'd be and I like, had such a famous we had a, fight. We had a fight. Our about... mother recorded it on tape. It's just us screaming at each other about Glee. Yeah, and that tape's been lost, but us screaming yeah. about Glee, like fighting and me yeah. defending the show and Danny like just being, being like, this it. is cinematic garbage. It, like, well, it was not even cinematic. It was on television. It was televisual How garbage. How dare you insult the Glee 3D concert <laughs> movie like that? I've watched that twice during the quarantine. Twice. Yes, I watched it again recently. Hi, hi, hi. I've been re-watching Glee. I'm on season two. Yeah. I'm almost done with season two. And then our brother was re-watching Glee like with me kind of, slash with his friends. And yeah. now, since it's been his first few weeks at college, he has just been watching Glee nonstop. He's ahead of well, me. And I'm excited yeah. for what I'm going to get to again because he sends me videos of it. Yeah, but anyway, I kind of anyway. hate Glee, but I love watching it with people who love glee i get so angry it makes every like people it's not like an actual anger it's like i start to shrink up as an episode of glee plays and it like depletes me in a weird way it's like you'll be watching an episode of glee with me and this has been a recent phenomenon because apparently everyone in the quarantine just is loving some glee rewatch um i start to like physically get smaller and smaller especially the more that um matthew morrison plays mr shoe right that's Mm -hmm. like yeah okay the more he's on screen, the more I shrink up because he makes me uncomfortable. And I don't mean the real man. I'm talking about his performance as Mr. Schuster. He gives me creep vibes. And I understand that there's like he explicitly rebuffs the affections of a student very early on in the show. But that actor's performance as him just gives me major creep vibes. It it makes me shrivel. Yeah. It makes parts of me that I won't mention retract. God. It frightens me. It, I don't like no, it. No, I like get that because he, I mean, not that this is an episode about Glee, but it, I mean, it easily could be. Every episode is about Glee. He 
really does capture that teacher. We all know him who's like oh. trying so hard oh. to be young and cool and you're like, please he watched, stop. He, he's playing the classic teacher who watched Dead Poet Society once and thought that's what yes, teaching is. that is exactly what he is. It's, it's a very real kind of teacher. We've all had it who like, you know, comes in, sits backwards on a chair and says, I'm not like the other teachers. <laughs> and then you're like, shut up. Your favorite movie is like, I don't know, Return of the Jedi. Like, just back Your off. Your favorite movie is Dead Poets Society. Your favorite movie is Dead Poets <laughs> Why did I think it would be Return of the Jedi? That's That was my favorite movie when I was a kid, was Return of the Jedi. When I was sick, I used to, because um, we didn't have it on a, a VHS tape, uh, but we had a DVD of it. So, like, they would switch the tiny TV <laughs> in my bedroom for the tiny TV that was in our parents' bedroom, because that one had a DVD player. Mine had a VCR. At, at a time, they were equal technologies. And uh, so, like, my our dad, like, switched out the TVs in our room so that I could watch Return of the Jedi on DVD, because when I was sick, that's what I'd watch to make me feel better. And I, like, couldn't move from the bed this time to go to the couch to watch it on the TV downstairs. So I was just like, Father, please. <laughs> please, Father, bring me... Th- Bring me the Ewoks, and that will heal me. And I just loved Return of the Jedi. It's such a feel-good movie when you're a sick little boy. I don't know how it holds up now. I haven't seen it uh, in a month. <laughs> of course, I know what Return of the Jedi is like as an adult. Um, uh, I love that I pretended for half a second. Yeah, to it was have a little watched. convincing. Like, there's a time in your life where you're like, I don't need to ever watch Star Wars again because you've seen it so many times. But like. I've, I've never hit that point. Danny has been watching Star Wars for 40 years straight. I don't know if you yeah. know this, but Danny was cursed, and basically he is required to constantly be watching Star Wars. Yeah, when Star Wars came out in 77, I made a very bad bet with yeah. a sort of a fortune teller woman, and, and she put something of a curse on me. And I, Well, ever since then, I've been watching Star Wars in my head regardless of what my eyes are seeing. So it's kind of like... The best way I could describe it is imagine there's a small uh, square TV on in whatever room you're in playing at half volume and it's just kind of in the corner of whatever room you're in. So you're always aware that Star Wars is happening. Uh, but you just, you know, you kind of tune in and out. And then as the other movies came out, they got added into a rotation. So instead of just starting Star Wars over again, I would do Star Wars Empire for about two years. Then in 83, when Return of the Jedi came out, I would go through all three. And then, boy, I was excited for those prequels just to have something else to be playing in the corner. Now you got a whole bunch. Now I've got nine Are you allowed to two. watch any of the shows or is it no, just Star I, Wars movies? I have of my own free will watched all of Clone Wars and the Mandalorian and quite a bit of Rebels. I've not seen all of Rebels and I have not seen the uh, Resistance TV show. So uh, no, weirdly enough, those never get added. Oh. I've never even seen Ewoks, but I have seen some of droids and I do really like the Ewoks theme song. Are you going to perform it now for us? W- why would I do that? I never sing. <laughs> They are the e e e e e walks with the spirit of the forest moon. I I I know that you're looking at me like Danny. That can't possibly be the theme song to Ewoks. Oh no! Oh, I it, I know. It's like a grumbly man. We are the e e e e e walks with the spirit of the forest moon. I don't know what about like <laughs> this is a show about cuddly teddy bears having adventures that made them think. What if Louis Armstrong hadn't died in the sixties and just kept going? Oh. The One of my favorite songs is Louis Armstrong's version of uh, what's it called? Um, Go down Moses. Do you know that? Uh, no. Um, 
When Israel <coughs> was in Egypt land, let my people oh, go. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, I yeah. know that one. I think it might be called Let My People Go, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know it, you've heard but it. But I know yeah. what you talk about. It's a fantastic song, and it's got such a great little uh, trumpet solo in it. It's, yeah. You know what's kind of insane, Danny? Um, I don't remember how the whole watching Star Wars for 40 years thing started. No, I don't either. But well, I cursed, I well, yelled at a fortune teller, yes. she cursed me, yeah. But what's crazy is that we've been doing that bit yeah. for so long that when we started it, it was funny because Star Wars hadn't been out for 40 years. Yeah. And now we're at a point <laughs> where Star Wars has been out for 40 for years. more than 40 years. We've been doing this so long that it was, ma- the original joke was that it was mathematically impossible, and now it's just physiologically impossible yeah. to be watching a movie. Yeah. Um... Oh, I booped the mic. I'm you so sorry. It's all right. Um, Molly, I-, I don't know if you've heard, but this this is a podcast of some kind. Oh, that's right. I've heard of this mysterious podcast before. Um, I believe that this one is called The Pants Are Too Tight. Which I might add is the best name for a podcast ever. That's right. And I think I'm Molly. And I'm fairly certain I'm Danny. <laughs> and we're siblings, right? That, that's uh, we how we have know been each other. Uh, yeah. for a time. And not 40 years yet. And, and Danny, what, what would you say this show is about? I'd say it's a show about the little things, but not the good little things. I'd say it's about those things that just sort of eat away at you and live in your subconscious. Oh, yeah. So like those things that we obsess over and keep us up at night. But you know? the rest of the world may not share the obsession with, you know, people Probably not. People obsess over Star Wars. We wouldn't do an episode that's just about Star Wars because everybody loves Star Wars. But. We do love to talk about things that are perhaps a little less normal, the the, the road less taken to, yeah. quote, Dead Poet Society. It's the things that we talk about when it's four o'clock in the morning and we're both awake because we're insomniacs and yeah. we're like, hey, remember this thing? This and the is answer is usually up. yes, yeah. because neither of us are capable of forgetting, much like the mighty elephant. Um I will yeah. say this is one of the rare episodes that is being recorded at a decent hour of the day. This is a, we're a 7 p.m. podcast today. Which is so weird for us. These are always like 8 in the, uh, 8, uh, I was just about to say this might be the most coherent podcast I then, know. and it was this immediately is, rude. Is, that was the best we'd ever done talking about the show and its concept, and then I just went and, and mucked it up. Um, I don't know why I censor myself sometimes and then not others. It's a very inconsistent Maybe podcast. you're getting it confused with our other podcast, which is family we, friendly. Yes, we don't curse on We do another show that's a recap of Phineas and Fred, but we don't curse on that podcast. It's called Candace Party. You should check it out. That one's not even a podcast. It's an intimate get-together. But... What we're doing today on the Panzer Tonight is we're gonna we're gonna talk about something that I have really gotten into during the quar. And today's episode, full disclosure, is gonna be a Danny heavy episode. Yeah, I'm uh, just kinda you... here for moral support. If I check out I it is because I'm eating a cookie, but also because Danny's just gonna go. She does have a little package of cookies in front of her, and I can see her eyeing them, waiting for me to talk long enough for her to steal one. At any rate, uh, and every time you put a cookie in your mouth, I'm gonna immediately ask you a question <laughs> that requires an answer. Great. So, so if you hear me talking like, <laughs> then nothing is normal. But if she sounds like she has a mouthful of cookie, that's something else. <laughs> At any rate, um, today's episode. Today's show is gonna begin with a question. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that because <laughs> no, no, no? I'm gonna, I'm gonna start with the question, Molly. Please, not for you. This question is explicitly not for you. Oh, okay. This question has to be for the listening audience because it's a dirty question. Oh we're no! Siblings. So I can't make eye contact with you, All but right. I have to ask this question, Molly. This question that fueled a good five years of popular culture. A question that was asked by every annoying white boy who thought he was funny. A question that uh, reverberates 
through the halls of time and space as uh, the most irritating question one can uh, possibly yes. be asked. Yes yes. yes, yes. The question is, of course, do I make you horny, baby? Do I, <laughs> Molly is about to spit up some cookie, do I make you horny, baby? Now, the question is not, do I make you horny, baby? Where people go like, I'm baby. You would not begin saying, I'm horny, baby. No, the question is, do I make you horny, comma, baby? Question mark, end, uh, end quotation. Now, this question was, of course, asked by a titan of popular culture, Mr. Mike Myers, in the guise of his famous character, Austin Powers. Yes. The Austin Powers movie. Thank you for confirming that. Molly has put on a pair of bright red uh, 70s sunglasses. These are not 70s, but I did They're feel in the They're aviator sunglasses. They are my early 2000s sunglasses. I is for my look that is inspired by the Disney Channel original movie, Get a Clue. So, Danny, follow those rules. Get a clue. And don't comment on my glasses, Mr. Fake Glasses. I like those, though, that you have you there. You like my fake... Uh, my fake uh, these are almost Austin Powers-ish. They're, you know, kind of thick black. Yeah, frames. it's what I, almost my real glasses are, but they have um, some nice reflective. They're so reflective that with my sunglasses on, I can still see myself yeah. in yours. Well, Molly, my future's so bright, I got to wear shades. This is a great thing for a non-visual podcast, our sunglasses can. Yeah, uh, my reflective sunglasses. At any rate, this has been the Eyewear Minute, and we are back into the discussion of Austin Powers, a titan of late 90s, early 2000s popular culture, whether we wanted him to be or not. Spoiler alert, we did not. Now, I am here to say, I am here to say that I think the first Austin Powers movie is genuinely a funny movie. I think it's genuinely a well-made film. For the budget they had, it, it looks great. Very funny movie. I'm a fan of the first Austin Powers film. The second and third Austin Powers films clearly came out at a time where Austin Powers had become a piece of popular culture himself. They are clearly products of a time where every young idiot is running around doing the voice and, and being non-funny. And uh, they are clearly products of a time when he became an image in popular culture and stopped being a comment on popular culture, something which I feel is antithetical to the very nature of parody. When you become the thing mm. that you uh, mock, you sort of lose your way. Now, which we've all done, we've all we've seen all ourselves been there. We all turn into our parents. We all become the thing we hate most. Now, uh, I will say that the Austin Powers, uh, that first film, Austin Powers International Man of Mystery, solid movie. Um, you know, a, f a funny, a funny film. Maybe uh, parts of it have not aged well. I'd say that the second film, uh, Austin Powers: The Spy Who Shagged Me, uh, which was created, yes. I'd like to go back. Wait, what? I'm gonna say the first one's fucking hysterical. Ooh, you're gonna go. You're gonna go out on that limb. Really give us a. I'm gonna really go for it because he makes me laugh, and I enjoy it very much. I very much have a crush on Mike Myers, especially as Austin. This Powers. This last, I feel the need to inject myself into this investigation here, um, because I don't think this will come across as good without the viewers knowing. Listeners, I'm so sorry. I keep misnaming you all. Um, Daniel has become so obsessed with Austin Powers within the last few weeks that it's almost all that he's watched. And he loves it and it brings him great joy. And I've loved Danny to see the joy that Austin Powers has brought to Danny, which has only made me like Austin Powers more than I already did. So I just wanted to clarify that I love the first Austin Powers movie. It's hysterical. Parts of it haven't aged well, but... 
I'd say, but the, the sometimes second one, that's what makes it even funnier. Listen, the second movie, Austin Powers the Spy, who shagged me, has definitely aged worse for whatever reason. They did the first movie; it's relatively inoffensive by modern standards, and then the second movie, they're like, you know what? We should be laughing at. Short people, lesbians, and the obese. It's like the first movie gets by. I don't think there's yeah. a single fat joke. I think that the most offensive thing in that first movie might just be that Austin Powers is constantly doing sexual harassment, which is the premise of the character. Yeah. That he's like a, six, a 60s swinger who's suddenly in the 90s. They cut the most offensive scene from the movie, which is there's a scene where, um, oh gosh, I think it's... Not Molly Shannon. I think it's oh, who's who's the other uh, SNL uh, woman from that time. She was uh, not Sherry O'Terry. Anna Gostar. Uh, no, it's the, there's a third one whose name. I'm sorry. I can't picture. Who it you're might talking be Molly about. Shannon. It might be Molly Shannon. At any rate, I don't know what part of the movie you're talking about. Well, it's cut out of the movie. Oh. So there's a scene where they're on Austin Powers' private jet, and uh, you know the the flight attendant comes out, and she has a list of problems with Austin Powers' private jet, and she's like, "We're not called stewardesses. We are called flight attendants. We will not be wearing the mini skirts you've provided us. We have our own uniforms. Uh, you cannot, um, you know, hit on us and all these things." And you know, it's basically just a scene of her getting angry at him sexually harassing her. And I'm glad they cut it out of the movie because it is the most, un it's on the DVD. It's the most uncomfortable part of the movie. But, you know, he is still a person who is constantly uh, saying things that are uh, fireable offenses uh, with good reason. These are not things you should be saying to a person. But the whole point is that he's from the 60s. Anyway, not that that excuses it, but it is also a movie and not real. At any rate, uh, yeah, the second and third ones just go way harder on like... Ha ha, people are different than me, which is weird because it's not at all an element of the first one. I digress. Today, we're not going to be talking about the Austin Powers movies so much because, you know, either you've seen them flipping through channels on TV Wait, or... you didn't talk about the third one, though, at all. Well, it's just, it's a third one. I have nothing to... Why... Why you got to sandbag me in front of the audience? Because I wanted to talk about the third movie. Fine, and that the third movie somehow predicted that Beyonce Knowles would be the single most famous and charming person on the planet, and despite them clearly knowing this fact and constantly playing to her strengths as a performer, somehow they didn't realize that making a new character who eats his own skin was a bad idea. They j the In every way, they were right about Beyonce and so wrong about what an audience would be willing to watch. They were, but I love that movie. I also think that's hysterical. I do think that number two is the weakest of the um, mm -hmm. movies, but I love the third one. It brought me, when I sat down and watched that with you yeah. the other day, that brought me so much joy in a way I forgot was possible. Well, I'm really happy. Sometimes it's nice to escape to a simpler time where movies were just shtick yeah and a guy could just make a face and that was all we wanted out of him he's so funny like he's genuinely a funny man it's a funny movie i don't know it gets me every time and i just the third one i i think it st stands high i think that the austin powers movies are very much the last symbol of like we're going to make a comedy movie and yeah. what that used to mean as like we will have funny characters people will look at the camera make a face and go <laughs> You know, there uh, there will be yes, there time. will be wacky voices. There will be um, gross things that will make you uncomfortable and say, "Why did I watch this?" There will be all of those things. There will be famous people in the movie for two seconds because we can get them. Because they can do that. I I will you say this. You know what a modern comedy is, Molly? What? You know what comedy became shortly after the end of Austin Powers? It became that's not even a thing. Yeah. It became done that awkward. Number. 
it became a, a series of alts. It became, we're just going to film three people who don't do improv doing improv for like 10 minutes, and then we will pick our favorite of the movie references they do and edit them together in a way that makes it look like we're cutting together improv. Oh, As someone who at the time really loved the Hangover films, um, obviously those have not aged well in their own right, but... um. Yeah. I think that Austin Powers is like everything that was kind of trying to be, even though that's not a parody of something, Mm -hmm. just with that very like kind of outrageous humor. But that was like, we're going to, this is, you'll see my thing. I'll wait. That one was so much more like plot line oriented, I Mm -hmm. felt like. And I feel like that's my issue with a lot of comedies today is like Austin Powers storyline. If you really watch it, like there isn't much of one at all it's not no, very that's also true of a bond movie which is what it's parodying but i like that about older comedies whereas this i feel like newer comedies there's so much like they fall into that kind of like dramedy element almost if that yeah. makes sense well either a modern comedy is either not a comedy and gets labeled as such because there's some jokes um like you know like an avengers movie is not a comedy but there are jokes and that's like kind of what comedy is right now mm-hmm or a modern comedy is like two people who are really famous and they sort of insult each other back and forth and yell, that's not even a thing. And it, they, they, it's so hard to describe, but there's this particular way of editing comedies that is very bizarre to me. But it's in every like, uh, God, I guess ever since Bridesmaids, you know, like that really changed the way yeah, that really changed were. the the mood of comedy. And it yeah. worked for Bridesmaids. And I. Don't feel like it's worked since. I feel like it kind of works in The Heat. Okay, which is well, The a, Heat is a fabulous film. I think The Heat works really well. It's the same director, Paul Feig, and it's it's some of the same actors and stuff. I think the the similarity between those two is that they both actually have a really good screenplay yeah. for them, whereas sort of later movies, and I don't want to point out specific examples, but like a lot of later movies that were aping that style, you, mm-hmm. know, I'll, you know, like Baywatch or Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates. I don't know why I'm attacking Zac Efron. He's very talented. But a lot of like, uh, movies of, of that particular subgenre. They all have a similar visual aesthetic. They're all kind of edited in that same choppy way. Yeah. There's not much in the way of like a script. It's more like here are the situations where someone will have to handle a sex toy or will see a naked person and then we will just have the actor react a bunch of different ways and we'll pick our favorites. I think I I'm, like I'm kind of go off of that. I wouldn't even necessarily say it's the like I almost feel like it's just a bad integration of the plot and yeah. the jokes because I feel like like Mike and Dave need wedding dates. There was a very definite plot to that, and yeah. that's almost what I was saying. Like bothers me is there's almost so much focus on the plot that the jokes almost become second, but then like the jokes don't really blend. It's yeah. like two. It's like one guy wrote the jokes, yeah. One guy wrote the plot, and they were like, let's put our hands that's together. That's probably because most of the jokes are just riffing on the concept. Like yeah. you get the, you know, if you ever watch those outtake, like uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall, the outtake oh. reel for that movie is a is practically a separate movie because the people doing those like having fun while they make them, and uh, there's a ton of improv, and that's true of something like an Austin Powers, but it just has changed the way we present it. I don't now i don't really care you know it's like it's not as if austin powers is a golden standard for all of comedy or something uh i certainly wouldn't say that of it i just you know it's just interesting to mark the different periods of of studio comedies like in the 60s and 70s there was much more of a simple we're doing shtick mel brooks kind of aesthetic at any rate 
I would like to now talk about the the topic for today's episode, which is all the Austin Powers stuff that has nothing to do with the movie. Like all the Austin Powers peripheral bullshit that I am now obsessed with. Uh, because like I said, I, I've enjoyed sort of returning to a simpler, quote unquote, simpler time, uh, which is a very dangerous phrase. But uh, I've enjoyed returning to these movies during the quarantine. I have watched the trilogy many times over during the quarantine. I've gone a little crazy for Austin Powers. Um, but uh, let, let I'll talk very briefly about the origin of Austin Powers. Mike Myers has uh, told the story many times. Now Molly has a mouthful of cookie. He's told the story many times. Now he was driving home from an ice hockey, uh, I guess practice. It might have been a game. I don't know. He's driving home from playing hockey. And he turned on the radio and he heard this Burt Bacharach song, The uh, the Look of Love. you know. And he was just listening to all this Burt Bacharach music. And he, he just had this sort of errant thought of whatever happened to those like 60s swinger types. What happened to them? And uh, he started to develop the idea of this character, Austin Powers, who was like a fashion photographer swinger who uh, at night would become a secret agent. And so to develop this character, he actually put together a band. He started using Austin Powers as the singer in this band called Ming T. Uh, Ming T is a fake band, basically. It's Susanna Hoffs from the Bangles, um, and it's uh, Matthew Sweet. And they're sort of the, the driving forces behind it. And then, of course, Mike Myers as the, uh, the, the singer of the band. And so in between songs, he would do banter and uh, things like that. And that's how he developed this Austin Powers character. But uh, I just wanted to take a minute uh, to talk about Ming T. The band, uh, they're all in character. So it's not just Mike Myers is calling himself Austin Powers and then he's with Susanna Hoffs and Matthew Sweet. It's, uh, they all have fake names. So it's Austin Powers... Uh, Susanna Hoffs is referred to as Jillian Shagwell, which is a name they, uh, use in the spy who shagged me. They steal that name for the, the main character, um, who is Felicity Shagwell, played by Heather Graham. Uh, then, of course, uh, Matthew Sweet is referred to as Sid Belvedere. Their drummer is Manny Stixman, which, you know, Stixman. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, <laughs> and then the last member of the band is Trevor Eggberth which is a place in England that I can't say the name of correctly because it's spelled weird. At any rate, so the movie is inspired by the the band. You know, Mike Myers' wife at the time, uh, they're divorced now, but Mike Myers' wife at the time was like, you should write a movie about this weird character you've been doing because you have a fake band where you do real songs, but you're pretending to be a British guy. Like, it, it's a weird development, but it gets him to this movie. Susanna Hoff's uh, husband is a film director named Jay Roach. He directed the three Austin Powers movies, and he also did Bombshell recently, which, weirdly enough, for a dramatic movie, Bombshell has, like, a lot of DNA in common with Austin Powers. It's like, clearly Jay Roach loves putting uh, an actor in, like, uh, what, what they would call a fat suit. Like prosthetics to make someone look heavy, because in that movie, John Lithgow plays Roger Ailes, the head of Fox News, and he's in essentially a dramatic version of the fat bastard makeup like you know it has like so many like prosthetics it has a lot of comedy actors even though it's a drama like it has a lot in common music is very important to the film a lot of needle drops uh at any rate uh jay roach uh directed the film <clears throat> the films so those are the fake band members in Ming-Ti. They appear in the movie. If people don't remember Ming-Ti, they play the song over the credits, BBC. Uh, and there are also those people in those crazy transitions where it's, you know, in between every scene of Austin Powers, for some reason, the music just goes, and then it's just, you know, it's like people just dancing in front of crazy backgrounds. Uh, and that's 
It's Ming T. They're also in the third film, Goldmember, they do a song called Daddy, uh, Daddy Doesn't Care. Isn't that the title? Or Daddy Wasn't Daddy There. Daddy Wasn't There. Daddy Wasn't There. Thank you. Uh, that song uh, is another Ming T uh, original. But Ming T, I, I keep saying them because um, <clears throat> I keep saying it because uh, they're the the basis of a lot of the weird peripheral Austin Powers bullshit that we're going to talk about today. So uh, first of all, the MTV, uh, I think it was the Music Video Awards. It could have just been called the MTV Awards at the time. I don't know. Anyway, they performed um, at, at that show live with Mike Myers as Austin Powers doing the song BBC, which is the credit song from the first Austin Powers movie. Uh, they also did that song. Uh, Daddy wasn't there. That was made into a real music video that aired on VH1 and MTV to promote the third film. Uh, you know, there's sort of a strange... Uh, Austin Powers special that was made to promote the first movie. This is the first weird thing I want to bring up. When the first Austin Powers movie was going to come out in theaters, in order to promote the movie, Mike Myers did this MTV special, which is called Austin Powers Electric Psychedelic Pussycat Swingers Club, uh, which is a strange uh, hour-long special where they were playing music videos, but it's pretty much just Austin Powers in this like white void with a bunch of people dancing behind him, and he has like two of the fembots with him. Uh, and it's a parody of Laugh-In. Do you remember Laugh-In, Molly? I know you've told me of Laugh-In. Laugh- I don't recall it. <laughs> Laugh-In was a 60s and 70s variety show where it's basically like they'll show you like half of a skit and then just cut to people saying weird shit. That's what Socket to Me is from. Oh, yeah, okay. I know that from yeah. the 50 catchphrases yeah. countdown. <laughs> Everyone's favorite TV show. Um, but it it was basically like, so it would be like two guys, and they'd be like, hey, we're going to go do a thingy. And then the guy would go like, that sounds weird. And then it would cut to people like poking their heads out of little doors. And they'd say like, did he just say what I think he said? And then it would cut to another person who was in a totally different place. And they'd go, did she just say what I thought she said? And then it would cut to another person. And they go, did they just say what I... So it's a very tedious show to watch Uh if you're uh, under the age of 70. Uh, And so they decided to do a parody of that to promote the movie. It literally opens with... Austin Powers getting up and saying, I have a new movie coming out on May 2nd. It's called Austin Powers International Man of Mystery. It stars me and Elizabeth Hurley. And then it just cuts to footage of Elizabeth Hurley from the movie being a pretty girl. And then it cuts to like Austin Powers lying on a bed and he goes, did that make you horny baby? And then it cuts to many people saying uh, various Austin Powers catchphrases. So like just celebrities in front of a green screen going, oh yeah, baby. So... They did this even though people didn't know those were his catchphrases yet. It's kind of like how in the Ghostbusters music video, it keeps cutting to famous people yelling, Ghostbusters! But you know that they haven't seen the movie Ghostbusters yet because Ghostbusters wasn't a thing. Like, that's the first movie. uh, So it's like... I am not familiar with the actual music video for Ghostbusters. I only know know the music video for Bustin'. Which is far superior. And so I don't know what you mean, but I understand the concept. Throughout the video, when the the song goes, Ghostbusters, it would cut to like Chevy Chase and Danny DeVito or whoever going, Ghostbusters. So like a Menomina type of situation. Very much a Menomina. Oh, I love a Menomina. All right, please continue. Continue with your so Austin Powers uh, Electric Psychedelic Pussycat Swingers Club, which is also the name of the place in the first movie that they go to have the happening, which freaks him out. That's when they play the song Incense and Peppermints. 
I've watched these movies a lot in the last couple of months. He really has. Anyway, so uh, that's my first sort of weird Austin Powers thing is A, he's a character from a band, and B, uh, they did this MTV special to promote the movie. Now, uh, moving on, Austin Powers comes out on video, and it's a huge hit on video. It did okay in theaters. It made money. But the real hit was rentals. Uh, People just kept renting this movie, kept quoting this movie, kept ruining the movie by oversaturating popular culture with impressions of it austin powers becomes a big deal so two years later we get austin powers the spy who shagged me which was a film that was made in kind of a rush they had to they had a certain date they had to get it out for uh and so the trailers for the movie don't have any footage from the movie in them the uh the trailers for the movie were filmed separately because they hadn't begun making the movie yet so they did uh this big long panning shot of what looks like the destroyed death star from star wars and it's this you know there's the creepy darth vader breathing and they're talking about like an evil empire and yada yada and then the emperor's chair turns around and it's dr evil with the the cat on his lap mr bigglesworth sitting on his lap and shaved or not he's i believe it's probably a bald cap i don't think he had shaved his head at this point no no i mean the cat oh the cat is shaved he doesn't okay. yeah no it's mr bigglesworth Molly. well because when you furry mr bigglesworth i don't know it's you know it was it's a if, you, if they were doing it before they filmed the movie no the second movie why don't you listen to me we're talking about the spy who shagged me mom is that that one doesn't have when they go to the back in the past too yeah but they time travel to the past so mr bigglesworth is still hairless Actually, I don't think he even brings Mr. I was gonna Bigglesworth say, I don't know to the if he past. brings him. Okay, okay, never mind. Your question. Strike it all from the record. I'm not going to edit it out. Though. Strike it from the record. Uh, maybe from the record, but the recording will still have it in there. Because the I'm not record. Gonna... I don't give a crap about the recording. Well, when we press this episode onto vinyl, I'll make sure to take it out. I'm sorry. I didn't Thank mean you. To snap like that. Please go on. Anyway, so the trailer has no footage from the actual movie. It's just Dr. Evil in a fake Star Wars lair. Uh, it was coming out in 1999, the same year as The Phantom Menace. So the uh, the tagline in the trailer is, If you see one movie this summer, see Star Wars. If you're going to see a second, see Austin Powers. That's it, genius. Yeah, it's a, it's a good little <laughs> tagline. Uh, and then the other footage in the trailer, so Dr. Evil turns around and he goes, You were expecting someone else? And then it cuts to... Austin Powers in that sort of trippy uh, 60s room with the band around mm-hmm. him and he's dancing from the transitions. Mm-hmm. And then he screams, yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. His As famous, he does. His famous catchphrase. He's been known to do that. Anyway, so uh, that footage of Austin Powers that was shot just for the trailer uh, is actually in the movie The Spy Who Shagged Me because they didn't have any time to film those weird scene transitions that they had in the first movie. So they just reused footage from the teaser trailer. And you can tell that it's different because he has a, a totally different wig than he does for the rest of the movie. The Austin Powers wig in the trailer, it looks a lot like in the third movie when Tom Cruise plays Austin Powers. That's that. what he looks like. So if you watch the transitions throughout the movie, he is clearly in a different place and time than the uh, the rest of the film. Not that that matters. They're weird transitions. Anyhow, so there's all these specially filmed trailers. Then, the real trailers for the movie, once they had footage, are seemingly narrated by Eric Idle from Monty Python. Now, I couldn't find any record of this. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find an interview where someone's asked him about this, but when you hear the voice in the trailer, it sounds a whole heck of a lot like Eric Idle. And... Uh, there's several different variations on this trailer where it's just kind of him, you know, recapping the movie briefly. Now, uh, this is where we get into the really great, the golden age of weird extra Austin Powers bullshit unrelated to the movie. Molly's clapping. She's anticipating it. 
Were you trying to keep like rhythm of something? Because that was very off tempo. No, I was just clapping. Oh. Sometimes I just like to clap, Danny. I like to clap, clap, clap. Apples and apples. Oh, an update for the folks at home. Danny and I have found some of our old Barney VHS tapes. We're going to see if that weird thing I couldn't remember from last time, if that's still out there. And if we find it, we will will let you know. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that too. Yeah. All right, anyway. Moving on. More weird Austin Powers bullshit. So in the movie, there's a joke where Austin Powers goes, hey, get your hand off my hiney. And then someone pulls their hand out to reveal a Heineken beer. Which is interesting because I believe this was around the same time that Heineken started sponsoring the James Bond movies. So, like, the actual James Bond movies started to have... Now, real quick, Austin Powers ended up being prophetic for James Bond in more ways than one, but we'll get to that in just a second. So, this the commercial is essentially the same thing, but it is uh, newly filmed. It's Mike Myers on a massage table. They're doing the joke from the movie where his buttocks are being blocked by, like, a plant leaf. And he says to the masseuse, get your hands off my hiney. And then she moves her hand and reveals that she is inexplicably holding a beer while giving him a massage. Uh, and then it says, you know, see Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me in theaters, blah, blah, blah. Go fuck yourself. Now, here we get to the cream of the crop. Wait, this movie. I'm yeah. sorry. I pause. Oh, yeah, when would Austin Powers ever tell a female masseuse to get his <laughs> her hand off of his hiney? Well, that's the point is that he's not actually upset at being groped. He, he wants her hands off the beer that he will soon enjoy. I'm just saying, it's a, it, I wouldn't have believed it. They couldn't have fooled me. They couldn't. <laughs> you would have screamed at the television, out of character. I, I would have immediately it. been like, Austin would never say that. This must be a Heineken. You False. would have picked up a brick and screamed, there's no truth in this art, and smashed the TV. That's exactly what I would have done. At any rate. Anyway, <laughs> so, next. To prom- there was like a crazy amount of promotion for Spy Who Shagged Me. Why do they you did, think that is? Well, because the first one was such a big hit on video that they felt they had to push the second one. Wouldn't you think they didn't need to push it if the first one was such a big hit? No. See, that's always the thing is that like, well, Star Wars was a big hit. Why would they market Star Wars 2? And it's like, because it's Star Wars 2. All right. All right. At any rate, so uh, they did a half hour TV special called Spyography. Uh, on Comedy Central. It's a half-hour TV special that is a fake biography of Dr. Evil. It has more or less the entire cast of the film, except for Heather Graham. Uh, She's not really in it at any point, and Vern Troyer at Mini-Me is not uh, really in the thing at any point, because it's a series of fake interviews, and that character doesn't speak. So, uh, it's Seth Green, it's Mike Myers as Dr. Evil, and Austin Powers, who is, again, sitting uh, in a weird place with two fembots near him, He's drinking a strange drink out of a coconut. Uh, Dr. Evil is just in a chair. Um, There is a recurring thing amidst Austin Powers' promotional TV specials where he just kind of verbatim repeats jokes from the movie, which isn't all that uncommon. You know, the, um, the Austin Powers... Uh, psychedelic electric pussycat swingers club, whatever the hell it's called. In that, he verbatim repeats the joke about, you know, uh, yes, I've been frozen since the sixties, but as long as people are still having uh promiscuous sex with many anonymous partners without protection and experimenting with mind-altering drugs, you know, in a consequence-free environment, I'll be sound as a pound. I don't know why I made him into Bill Cosby, but uh, because <laughs> I refused to do an Austin Powers voice. Because you were talking about doing doing drugs. Drugs and anyway, sleeping with women. Well, he wasn't sleeping with women. He was assaulting people. We Please, let's not talk about Bill Cosby. You brought him up. That I did. Thank you. And I I'll yield my time. For the rest of my life. 
Suck my dick at joke on it. Fuck you. <laughs> anyway, so that should always be, by the way, anytime anyone says I yield my time from now until the end of history, we should always do the suck my dick and joke on it. Fuck you. Yeah. I love that he adds the fuck you at the end. Like it wasn't clear what he meant. He was like, the suck my dick and choke on it is not clear. I need to tell you to go fuck yourself. Anyway. And he, he makes it clear. Oh, n- it's crystal. It's a, it's a nice shiny vase. You can see right through it. Oh, look at the stems of those flowers in that crystal clear vase. I can see past the stems. I can see what's on the other side of the vase. That's how crystal clear. The crystal is so clear. I can see. It's like the crystal skull. I can see the alien brain inside this crystal skull Indiana Jones picked up. I don't know how, but as you were doing that, your eyes got smaller and smaller, despite the fact that you were... <laughs> Keeping them wide open, it was the weirdest looking thing I've ever seen. I was in focusing my life. in on my target. I was seeing through the clear crystal. That's that's acting. acting. Thank you. At yeah. any rate, <clears throat> so he re- he repeats a lot of jokes verbatim in these things, which makes sense. I mean, if you watch a stand up comedian promoting a, a special on TV, they repeat jokes from the special. They don't do random material. So in this biography, uh, half hour short, which is again on the DVD. Um, you know, as Dr. Evil, he more or less repeats a lot of lines from the movie, things like that. Um, <clears throat> but you've got mostly improvised interviews with uh, Mindy Sterling as Frau Farbissina, Scott uh, Evil, played by Seth Green. You've got Robert Wagner as number two. Uh, and then a couple random characters who are not in the movie uh, sort of being interviewed as like, oh, here's a doctor who is psychologically analyzing Austin Powers or whatever. Um it's okay. It's not that funny. If you, it, it's it's a nice little curiosity, but I don't necessarily recommend like seek out the really funny Austin Powers TV special. It's just kind of a movie promotion. There's a lot of footage from the movie. Anyway, so uh, there's also to promote the movie. There was a huge campaign of 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 music of the soundtrack being a big focus of Austin Powers too, which makes a lot of sense when you consider that Mike Myers is very much a song and dance man. All throughout these movies, he's singing and dancing. He's playing with the fictional band Ming-T. He's introducing There's musical a ton of, It's like Danny wrote it or something. Yeah, it has about as much random dancing as a movie that I would make uh, would have. It's very, uh, very musical, the Austin Powers movies. And so the, fran- uh, the soundtrack is a big part of promoting the second movie. The lead single from the soundtrack is, of course, Madonna's hit song Beautiful Stranger which is a pretty great song it's not Madonna's best single by any stretch of the imagination but it's a really good song especially when you consider the other songs Madonna has performed for movies I would I'll be honest with you I like the movie Dick Tracy the Madonna songs for Dick Tracy are pretty rough I can't pretend I know Madonna records songs for movies right um my Madonna knowledge is sadly subpar yeah um <clears throat> at any rate it's uh I, I declined to comment <laughs> thank you I yield my time. <laughs> uh, how do you think that phrase should end? <laughs> anyway, so Madonna, I'm not going to make you say it. You look like you're uncomfortable at the notion of saying suck my dick and choke on it. Fuck Excuse you. Excuse me. No, go ahead. Go suck ahead. my dick and choke on it. Fuck you. See, how dare you think that? I got me? you to that place emotionally. I'm like Stanley Kubrick torturing Shelley Duvall. My God, look at we got a regular Kubrick over here. Listen to me. He has all Kubrick. Kubrick. I fucked it up. Oh. Kubricky on it. They get all cool bricky on it. That's a quote from Phineas and Ferb, a children's cartoon. I'm going to crack open a soda. It's Hashtag not a gun. Candace party. If you're in your car, your tire isn't popping. It really ah, sounds like a gun to I've me. been shot. 
Oh, unrelated, I shot Molly. Somebody, I had help. a silencer on that gun. No one could. Danny do it. has recently gotten a cap gun that mm. he has a lot of fun shooting. Yeah, it's it it's one of those old timey cap guns from the '60s, and it goes like spark, spark when you shoot it. It's super loud, and the sparks are not as big as you'd want them to be. But that's probably for the best. Because I'm you smell the smoke. Oh, it does smell like a lit match afterwards. At any rate, Madonna's Beautiful Stranger. So it's actually a better song than um, her real James Bond song. Uh, this movie came out in 1999. In 2002, I believe was the year, uh, Die Another Day came out, which was the 20th James Bond movie. Uh, Too fucking many. How dare you? Too I love, I love James Bond fucking movies. I love Bond movies. Many. And, but she, I love Madonna too. But you know what? It's probably the worst James Bond song of any of them. And that's saying something. There's some rough wow. ones. Most of I love most James Bond songs, but Die Another Day is really, really rough. It's very early 2000s. So oddly enough, her Austin Powers song is a lot better than her James Bond song. Um, yeah, Beautiful Stranger is a great song. There's a music video to promote it. And this begins the trend of Austin Powers characters just kind of being in music videos like they're real people, which is strange. This is something that happens with random comedy characters where it's like, now you are in music videos, like Triumph the Insult Comic Dog being in that Eminem music video, or like, I don't know, I feel like Pee Wee Herman was just in music videos. I don't know. It just happens sometimes. So Austin Powers, uh, the, the music video is directed by a creep. His name's Brett Ratner. He's rightfully canceled. He also directed X-Men 3. Um, Brett Ratner's a bad man who did bad things, and that's all I really care to say about him. He's uh, uh, not a good guy, but he directed this Madonna music video in the 90s, uh, and it features Austin Powers, so I am going to talk about it. Uh, it has uh, Mike Myers as Austin Powers. He's driving along in the Shaguar, his uh, famous uh, <laughs> British flag-colored car. And uh, he gets a call from Basil Exposition, played by Michael York, reprising his role from the film. And he says, uh, Austin, we need you to track down. I will do a Michael That's York impression. so good. Thank you. I will do an impression of Michael York. I will not do Austin Powers. I will not do those do voices. No. Do it. Austin, we need you to track down an enemy agent. She's a master of disguise. And then they show you different pictures of Madonna from all the music videos where it's like, haha, she always has different hairstyles and stuff. It'd be like if you showed Lady Gaga, like a bunch of Lady Gaga pictures and said like, she's a master of disguise, Austin. Anyway, so then do he says, the voice. I have to, I will do it in a second. I'll do, I'll tell you what, we'll go full hack. I'll do an Austin Powers impression in one second because I'll okay. tell you the joke that opens the music okay. video. He says, be careful, Austin. Uh, she's been known to seduce any man who comes her way. We've already lost Agent 007 and 008. And then he goes, then this looks like a job for 00 behave, baby. Yeah. And so, uh, <laughs> so then the music video begins and it's the rest of the music video I hate. Because it's this one room. It just looks like someone has a very spacious basement. There's a stage. Madonna is up on the stage singing the song Beautiful Stranger. The audience is covered in green lights, right? Like, so they have green lights on them. They're all just kind of party people from the early 90s or the late 90s, actually. And then uh, Austin Powers walks in and he dances in the crowd. And then he sees Madonna on stage and he's taken by her. And he kind of looks like, wow. And then he shakes his head and he gets back into dancing with the crowd. And then he starts staring at her again. And then he gets back into dancing with the crowd. And it's so boring for like two and a half minutes and then he has like a fantasy of the two of them driving along in the car together 
And then uh, it cuts to the two of them in that room that the band is usually in during the transitions with all the swirls on the wall and stuff. And then there's one shot of Mini-Me surrounded by like party girls on a couch. And then it's just more footage of Madonna dancing, Austin Powers looking charmed, and then going back into dancing, and then them in the car. It is so boring to watch. It was not like Brett Ratner, who directed it, an absolute creep, like I said, deserves to be canceled. But was a film director, like made real movies and shit. And like you got a real movie director to make this music video and he did like nothing. Like I don't care if you only had Mike Myers for like a day to film it. Like just cut to the swirly room more often. Like make Madonna do something other than dance alone on a stage. Cut to mini me more often than once. Like anything. It is so fucking boring. So then um reportedly mike myers was uncomfortable with one of the shots of him in the car with madonna she like rubs her butt against his face and he felt that that was too he just felt that that was too body he was like that's not funny that's just like actual sexuality and i'm uncomfortable with that could you please edit it out and brett ratner continuing his streak of being a creep apparently just said no and that's why it's in the video no yeah poor mike myers right like he's willing to do so much now was madonna instructed to do that i it looks honestly it looks like they just cut together like they said we're gonna play the song madonna dance around or whatever and she's like flailing like she doesn't have that many bits to do she like licks the side of his face or gives him a kiss or messes his hair up or something like it's just like what dancing can you do in the front seat of a car it's a really poorly directed video but she's doing a great job dancing in it she's very muscular like her arms are insanely toned in this video um but like she also only has like four dance moves to do on the stage she just kind of like gets low to the ground she kind of shimmies her arms like she doesn't have a lot to do because she's alone on a stage (laughs) clearly with very little choreography Mm -hmm. um not a great video but I do at the end, um, you know, she's driving off with Austin Powers and he just kind of says, like, you're going the right way for a smacked bar. I know that was Tim Curry. I was going to say, <laughs> Tim Curry showed up today. Hello, I'm Austin Powers. Yeah. That's the worst Tim Curry I've ever done. Yeah. Anyway, I have like sort of a stuffy nose. My allergies are really bad today. Anyhow, I hurt myself today. You get a you get like a runny nose. You can do Johnny Cash, but you can't do Tim Curry. I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. Anyhow, um, I can't really do Johnny Cash. The point is, this music video kind of blows. Madonna did the song on tour. They had a little video of Austin Powers to start it. I think literally all he does is, it's just like a clip from the movie, and then Austin Powers says something to the effect of like, oh, behave. And then she, on stage, Madonna, Molly, you're not ready. The lights come up. It's Madonna alone on the stage, and she goes, "Do I make you horny, baby?" And then the audience goes, Woo, "Madonna!" And then she just sings, "Beautiful stranger," you know, like she just does the song. It's so upsetting. I hate that. That's where our popular culture was in nineteen ninety nine. Anyhow, the other big song from the movie is the Lenny Kravitz version of American Woman, which I never knew was recorded for The Spy Who Shagged Me. Uh, It's a pretty famous cover of American Woman. I feel like I hear that about as often as I hear the original version. Who sings the original again? I don't remember. (gasps) You caught me. I didn't do enough research. I just know the song. I don't remember who sings it. it I bet it's like the most famous band in the world. Probably. Take a guess. Take your guess right now. Uh, I don't know. The Kinks, the Rolling Stones, the itty bitty titty committee i don't fucking know 
Um, American Woman is by, oh no, a movie is coming oh, up. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, this Lenny Kravitz video does have Heather Graham, who plays Felicity Shagwell. She drives the American flag car she drives in the video, uh, the movie. She drives that in the music video. It's by the Guess Who. All right, you got me. I couldn't guess who, Molly. <laughs> I guessed every famous band, and I didn't know them. So anyway, Lenny Kravitz uh, performs this cover of the song. It's become rather popular since then. It is in the movie when we see Felicity Shagwell. Beautiful Stranger plays during the sad montage where Austin has lost his mojo. Um, yeah, it's just a pretty standard music video. It's a good cover of the song. doesn't have a ton to do with the movie, but she's in the video, in the car. So uh, lastly, as far as music, video, uh, music videos go, there's a cover of the song Word Up by Cameo. You know, <laughs> all pretty ladies around the world, we got a man, all the boys and girls, word up, it's the cold word. You know that song? Yeah, that's well, pretty good. apparently there's a cover of it by someone named Mel B, mm-hmm. who I guess was popular at the time. I thought Mel Brooks did it. <laughs> I really thought, you know, word up, like just an old Jewish man screaming. I know Mel B. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. I'm not very familiar. At any rate, Mel B did a cover of Word Up, and it's filmed in the sort of moon base, like the evil layer from the end of the movie. And, uh, okay, so I know who Mel B is, apparently. Anyway, so, <laughs> thanks, Molly. So, uh, on the moon base is where it's filmed, and uh, Vern Troyer is in it as Mini-Me. He's in, like, a rotating chair, just kind of doing backup vocals. I mean, he's not actually singing. He's lip-syncing to the, like word uh like he's mm-hmm. lip syncing to that part of it and then mel b is in a costume where uh the the like shoulders and hips are like an iron girder and then like she they, they've got the the freddy krueger nails mm-hmm. anyhow well do you know mel b's scary spice oh then i definitely know mel b okay yeah. well that would explain yeah, the that's costume. why that's the, scary. that's the scary part yeah yeah okay you must forgive me i i know only um what is it victoria beckham is she posh spice I do not know which Spice Please is which. The, but who's in the Spice Girls? Who's in the Spice Girls? I know it's- Do you wait, want a list of names? Wait, let me- Can I try to guess the names of the Spice Girls? I Go feel like ahead. I've done this before. Okay. Posh Spice, Scary Spice, Sporty Spice, Ginger Spice, Baby Spice. Is that is that them? Did I get them all? I thought you were talking me you were going to guess their real names. Oh, no. I don't fucking know. Clearly, I didn't even know Mel B, who apparently is the most famous of them, besides Victoria Beckham, I guess, if she even is one. I thought that it's weird. Okay, so say it again. I, I missed who you guessed. Oh, my God. Okay. Ginger Spice, Baby Spice, Scary Spice, Sporty Spice, Posh Spice. That, yes, is that all you them? got them. Okay, so great. Mel B is Scary Bice. Melanie C I love or that you're trying Mel to blow past C. that you said Scary Bice. Should I? You fucking idiot. I'm sorry. I, I, the B was there. I'm a little dyslexic. Asshole. A little? Um. Okay, so there's Mel B, Scary Spice. Mel C is Sporty Spice. Emma Bunton is Baby Spice. Um, Jerry Hallowell is Ginger Spice. Now, is she one of the Hallowell sisters from Charmed? She is not. Um, And then Victoria Beckham is Posh Spice. Okay, I was correct. So you were correct. That's all I knew. I don't know the Spice Girls' real names until now. Well, I I didn't know the Spice Girls' real names, but I, I do know most of the other ones. I think I always forget about Ginger Spice. Miss Halliwell herself. At any rate, back to this bullshit. Mel B does a cover of Word Up by Cameo, and uh, Vern Troyer's in the video. And it opens with footage from the movie of the, the moon base. At any rate, um, <clears throat> so th- that's pretty much it for the second movie. There's not a ton of other shit. There's a TV special. 
bunch of weird music videos. And of course, this was around the time when merchandising really took off. Uh, there's a story that Mike Myers has told. Apparently, George Harrison from the Beatles, he had become rather sick later in life. Uh, and when he would go to meetings for like the Beatles business affairs and stuff, he would bring with him a little Dr. Evil doll and pull the string on the back. And it would say like, I'm surrounded by freaking idiots. And it's like, ha ha. He's calling the other Beatles idiots. Isn't that funny? But like, I don't know that, that it doesn't, nothing could ruin George Harrison. I love George Harrison unless he was like a murderer and I don't know about it. But like it, like on the one hand, it makes me kind of go like, Oh yeah. At some point, George Harrison would have just turned into like a dad in terms of his sense of humor. Like he would have bought one of those fish on the wall that sings something and been like, isn't that funny? <laughs> the fish, it sings, you know, I have a little Dr. Evil doll. And I pull the string and it goes, it goes like, it goes like, throw me a bone. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> like, you're like, oh, yeah, at some point, you know, Paul McCartney probably started laughing at like, oh, the dog, the dog, it uh, it says other things, you know, like in the video, the dog sounds like it's saying help, but it's, uh, it's not. It's a dog. <laughs> I can't do Paul McCartney. That sounds like Stewie. I, I enjoyed that. It did sound a little like Stewie. I was trying to differentiate there. him and George Harrison, even though I can't do impressions of the Beatles. Everyone in the world can. I'm the one guy who can't. Anyway, uh, but either that or like George Harrison was just like a weird, like, you know, anyway, he had a Dr. Evil doll. So this is when Austin Powers, like merchandise is taking off. There's, uh, there's several Austin Powers computer games. There's like a trivia game. There's a pinball game. There's a Game Boy color game or some shit. I don't know. But in 1999, HBO, this pains me to talk about. I'm sorry. HBO had announced to the world that they were going to make an Austin Powers cartoon show. They were going to order 13 episodes. It's going to be a 90s animated series based on Austin Powers. It's unconfirmed how much Mike Myers was going to be involved. But you have... Molly, they canceled it. And I'm sorry, Danny. Let me make this cartoon. I'm a cartoonist. I'm an animator. I'm a writer. I can do anything. I want to funnel all my talents into doing the Austin Powers cartoon show. I don't give a fuck if Mike Myers doesn't want to do it. I want to make it happen. You're going to have to work on your impression then, Danny. It's not very good. (laughs) No, look, we can get anyone to do these voices. Fuck it. I don't even need Dr. I don't don't need Austin Powers in it. If Mike Myers will just do the Dr. Evil voice, I will make the rest of this cartoon. I will draw it by hand myself, and I will get it done on time. I will shut out my friends and families. I'm a sad, single, lonely man. I am I am uh, I am alone in this world, Molly. All right, so this is a message to Mike, Mr. Myers. Mike um, Myers, not the Mike I was talking to last episode, whom no. I love dearly but hates me. It's a whole thing. Mike, um, can you please get this cartoon made for Danny? Um, you can contact us at our email. Um, Danny, would you list our email? For the the pants are too tight. Podcast at gmail dot com. Just tweet at us. Tweet at you know. You can. Find I don't. Us. Is he on Twitter? I don't know, not publicly, but I just, you know. Okay, well, Mike, you could send us an email. Yeah. Um, Danny would like to make your cartoon. Um, I'll do it right now. I'll send you drawings. I'm pretty right sure now. he would do it in a second. I've already done several Austin Powers related digital paintings. He has, and he, he's got a lot of Austin Powers up his sleeve right now. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
Anyway, please let I, him listen, make this cartoon. I will make this the most visually interesting cartoon on television. It'll be like it'll be like the Venture Brothers uh, and the, and the Beatles cartoon uh, from the '60s and the Beatles Yellow Submarine movie. It'll be all of these beautiful things mashed together. You will love it, Mike Myers. It'll be better than Shrek. Bafo box wow. office. Bafo box office. You can tell. What's tell the chopstick plot for the show? The chopstick plot. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm pitching you right now is our first season is uh, 13 episodes. They are self-contained, but there's a running plot line. Dr. Evil is the big bad guy for the season, but we're going to have all sorts of wacky characters that he sends out to kill Austin Powers. We're going to get to see how Austin Powers is adapting to the 2020s. We're two decades out from the last Austin Powers. Think about that. By the time the show comes out, it will have been 20 years since Goldmember. That is 20 years of material you've got stored up, Mike, that we can adapt. That is 20 years of fun new characters. We can bring back characters like Fat Bastard. Think about this. You get to play Fat Bastard whenever you want. You don't have to do any of the prosthetic makeup. You don't have to go through any of the hard physical work. You just have to get into these characters. I know you miss doing these characters. We can bring back Goldmember for an episode. He's not dead. None of the characters are dead that you want to perform. Except maybe Will Ferrell. Well, Will Ferrell's character, Mustafa, is clearly long dead. But, I mean, think about it. We could get Will Ferrell in a booth for one episode, you know, if we just want to bring him in. You're Mike Myers. You can get anyone in Hollywood. Will Ferrell would be in the booth at the time. Even if he wasn't recording, because that seems like one of his little bits he'd like to do. Like, he'd just hang in the booth. Yeah, he would just stand behind you silently. But think about this. You have a brilliant cast of improvisers, and we are in a golden age of improv for television animation. Entire episodes of Rick and Morty are just animators animating to garbage. Justin Roiland makes up on the spot while he's drunk. Think of all the fun you and Mindy Sterling could have as Dr. Evil and Frau Farbisna. Think of all the characters you can play that have nothing to do with Austin Powers. And it's something that's safe to make during the pandemic because you don't have to actually be with other people. Do a Zoom call with Mindy Sterling and Seth Green. Hell, Seth Green has been off making Robot Chicken for years now. The man has an incredible talent. He's he's a brilliant uh, animation performer and he knows plenty of great animation artists. Mike Myers, let me make your Austin Powers cartoon and all of your dreams will come true. So everyone, we need you to tweet hashtag, what is our hashtag going to be? Let's do hashtag, ooh, do we want to do like, yeah, baby cartoon or do we want to do uh, oh, behave! Fit that in with animation. Do I somehow? make you a cartoon, baby? Um, <laughs> um, uh, hashtag Austin Powers cartoon. Let's uh, do. Let's do. Um, <sighs> Danny for Austin. <laughs> let's do Danny for Austin. Danny, the number four. Austin. Austin. Okay. Hashtag Danny for Austin. A tweet why you need to see the Austin Powers cartoon made by Danny. Hashtag Danny, the number four. Austin. Okay. Um, so that's my pitch. I'm really sad that they did not go ahead with that cartoon because I want to watch it. But even more than that, I want to make it. I want to make you it will. now. You will. Um, moving on. Moving on. To the third and final Austin Powers movie, which came out uh, 2002, Gold Member, um, after the plans of a cartoon had already been dashed. This one has uh, not as much to promote it as the second one did. The Austin Powers fever was kind of dying down, but it was still uh, huge in the in the cultural consciousness. So uh, the third movie had a Taco Bell promotion. There's a commercial for Taco Bell with Vern Troyer as Minnie Me and Michael Michael York uh, narrates the commercial as Basil. So it's you know you can win up to one million dollars at Taco Bell. Austin. I just like the way he says Austin. You do it so well. Um, anyway, so then uh, Beyonce did a music video for her song "Work It Out." 
which plays over the credits of the movie. Um, it's uh, it's it's a pretty good Beyonce song, and then just the music video just has clips from Austin Powers in it, and she's dressed somewhat like her character Foxy Cleopatra, uh, in the music video. Um, <coughs> oh, bless you. Thank you. Yeah. So the song "Daddy Wasn't There" I had mentioned earlier. Daddy the wasn't there. It's a really good song, isn't it? I always thought it was a real song outside of Austin Powers yeah. that he was just singing. I'm I yeah. had no idea. They played it on uh, MTV and, and all that as a promotion. Uh, it, the song is longer than it is in the movie. There's a sort of extra part where he spells out "Daddy." You know, it's D to the A to the D D Y. D to the A to the, that's the that's crowd just like um, at regionals. When in Glee, um, they don't perform the full version of Loser Like Me. They cut out the part that's like, um, L-O-S-E-R, I can only be who I are. Probably because that's a stupid line. And Mm -hmm. I like the whole song except that part. Ryan Murphy's like, listen, I will suffer a lot for Glee, but this is too far. So uh, they cut that line just like that. But please go on. So anyway, um, the other music video to promote the film is uh, Britney Spears' music video for the song Boys. Which is a song I really love. I unironically love the Britney Spears song, Boys. Uh, it's her and Pharrell Williams does the verse that that is about girls. Um, but the music video, uh, she appears in the film singing the song, Boys, at the beginning. And then, uh, of course, it ends with Austin Powers saying, Oops, I did it again, baby. And then Mike Myers does one of his signature things where he looks at the camera, he makes one funny face, and then he transitions to a second funny face, and then I want to kiss him on the mouth so badly. See, now here's my worry, is that I have spoken publicly about my huge crush on Mike Myers. I don't know if he's going to want to work with me, because it's going to be an uncomfortable dynamic where I am a man who is a good 30 years younger than him. And I'm going to want to kiss him, and he's going to know it. So do me a favor. When you tweet Danny for Austin, uh, please, <laughs> please don't, um, how do I put this so gently? Please don't let him know <laughs> that I think he's so sexy. Please don't let him know that he makes me horny, baby. Yeah. Please don't let him know that I think he is shagadelic. Uh, please just leave that out. And again, a big part of this attraction is to the character. That being said, recently I watched Wayne's World 2. Um Shout out to noted Muppet hater Becky for insisting that I watch uh, Aust- uh, uh, Wayne's World 2. And you know what? I would I would kiss him as Wayne as well. Wayne is cute. Um, you know the sexiest Mike Myers ever looked? There's this one SNL sketch. I think we've watched it together. It's the one where Jason Alexander and Mike Myers are getting uh, gyros from a Greek restaurant. And then he wants more of the juice to put on the gyro. So he walks up to the counter and Rob Schneider goes, You like the juice? And then every other person who was on SNL at the time turns around and goes, you like it a juice. That's the whole sketch. It's five minutes long. At the end, David Spade walks in and says, would you please end the sketch? And they go, you like it to end the sketch, yeah? You like it to end the sketch, yeah? It's a horrible <laughs> sketch, but I love it. It's an amazing sketch. <sighs> Whatever. Awesome. Uh, How dare you, Daniel? Sorry. How dare you? The point is- no. in the- How dare you say that Becky- suggested you watch Wayne's World 2. You keep feeding this ridiculous lie and forgetting that I was the one who suggested we watch Wayne's World 2. Me. Yeah, but then she wanted to watch it. Yeah, but it was my idea first. But she's talked about it before, but you were just the person- I'm the one who owns multiple copies of Wayne's World 2. And has never watched it. And has never watched it. Thus, the suggestion. I want it on the record. Not that the listeners care, but I 
do. So this part I'll leave when we press it into a vinyl record. Got it. Point is. All right, get to your point. There really isn't one to any of this shit. Mike Myers looks really sexy in the sketch where they're getting uh, gyro. I don't even remember him being in that sketch. He's just Jason Alexander's friend who is eating a gyro with him. He doesn't oh, have any funny I was lines too distracted by everyone else being hysterical. I love that I was sketch. too distracted by Mike Myers' gorgeous hair. Oh, and then David Spade comes in. Yeah. Love me some David Spade. Young David Spade. Spade is also very pretty. He is. He's a pretty man. <laughs> David Spade now. Mm. I, I'd still, I'd still go there. Point is, um, I've been stealing David Spade's bit a lot lately. Which bit? His bit when he's just like, he's telling a story, and then he's like, all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, it's like, "Hello, darkness, my no, old friend." I, I've singing. just been doing that yeah. constantly now. Well, I mean, technically, you're stealing that from what? Um, is that a Paul Simon song? Well, yeah, it's it's a Simon and Garfunkel song, yeah. but. I'm not stealing the song from him. I'm stealing David Spade's bit of uh, anytime I slowly go to say slipping into that. Simon and Garfunkel. I always think of the band Garfunkel and Oats, which is obviously like Hall and Oats. Yeah, and Garfunkel. yeah. I always go to it's the Ricky Lindholm, Kate McCucci band. I always go to say Garfunkel and Oats because I'm real dumb. Anyway, so the Britney Spears music video yes. for boys. Austin Powers is in it. He's in that like orange suit he wears for most of Goldmember. Pharrell does the Doctor Evil, you know, pinky to the lips thing. And then the music video ends with Austin Powers successfully seducing Britney Spears and the two of them running off to a bedroom together in this like CGI castle that looks exactly like it's from the 2003 Haunted Mansion movie, Ooh. which also had a weird music video to promote it with Nelly. Do you remember this song? It's like the People's Court theme. I know Nelly. I don't know this song. Okay, well, we got to watch that later. But um, the the last big thing I have to promote uh, the the final Austin Powers movie was there was in the movie there are several visible posters for Pepsi Twist, mm-hmm. which was a new Pepsi product at the time. So then, uh, there's a commercial for it where it's Austin Powers at a party and they're like, "Oh, Austin Powers, you're such a delight." And then Britney Spears walks up drinking a Pepsi, and they go, "Hey, look, it's Britney Spears drinking a Pepsi," and he goes, "That's not a Pepsi." And then the Pepsi is unzipped like a Looney Tunes, and it reveals that it's a Pepsi twist. And he goes, that's a Pepsi twist. And he goes, <laughs> and that's bit. not Britney Spears. And then he punches Britney Spears in the face. And it's the same joke from the first movie. In the first movie, he does this to Basil Exposition's mother. He grabs Britney Spears' hair, and he goes, that's a man, baby. And then he tries to rip a wig, off, like a, a mask off of her. And then she kicks him in the head, and he just goes... Fair enough. And then he passes out. And then it goes, Pepsi Twist. A new Pepsi. Also, see Austin Powers. Gold member in theater. That's a weird thing. Of the of the Austin Powers promotions, that is the one that is uh, the weirdest and yet also the best. I mean, I liked it until you told me that like it didn't turn out to be someone else under Britney Spears because... I'm assuming they couldn't get anyone else, but like... No, that's the same joke in the first movie where he does it and it's actually a woman this time. And he's That's the second movie, isn't it? No, that's the first movie at the opening of the movie. It really is a man in a wig. And then when he's in the 90s, he punches Basil's mother. Oh, I was thinking that was the second one for some reason. And he keeps ripping her hair and screaming, yeah, this wig come on. I get that that's the bit, but... I mean, I just, look, it's better than any Pepsi commercial I've ever seen, except that one where they almost killed Michael Jackson. I just wish, you know... I wish that he had left our culture after that point and didn't keep being a monster. I wish that I didn't know as little as I do about the in and outs of the soda company wars because what I found out recently... Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, Absolutely love it. I want to know every evil thing that soda corporations have done to each other. Please tell me if you know. Yeah. 
Um, I know about Crystal Pepsi and I know about Surge, but if you have other sodas you want to share with me, please do tweet me. Yeah. So my my last this is the last of the Austin Powers stuff. Uh huh. Is that uh, in recent years, and by recent years I mean like in the last five years, Mike Myers has reprised the Doctor Evil character first for. I think it was 2015. He did the cold open for SNL. Yes, making fun of the the hacking of Sony and everything at the time, and uh, making fun of what was that movie called again? The uh, interview. The the interview. Yeah, yeah, with Seth Rogen and James Franco. Enjoyed that. Yeah, and then uh, in the last two years, he's done uh, political sort of jokes on Jimmy Fallon. He did two appearances there as a member of Donald Trump's cabinet. He has a little "Make America Evil Again" hat. The joke, I guess, being like, isn't it funny that Donald Trump is so evil, but then like you remember the world is real and this is just depressing. I do like the jokes thrown out of like something Donald Trump has done and then Dr. Evil's like, oh, even I'm not that evil. And it's Uh like, yeah, you're not. But uh, still a fabulous performance by Mike. I can't believe he's doing so well. He really gets back into that character. And it's the thing of... I, you know, he hasn't done Austin Powers as a character in a long time. I'm sure he could do it again. Like, I, I have no doubt of that. And I also have no problem with Austin Powers being, you know, another 20 years older or whatever. Because it's like, I don't know, that character to me, the whole joke is that he's not really that sexy and just everyone finds him insanely attractive. Yeah, that's how I feel about a lot of, like, celebrities. So I think it's, like, on point with that. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would I genuinely would enjoy a fourth Austin Powers movie. They're always threatening to do it. The last time I heard him talk about it was maybe a year ago. He was on, I think, Today. He was on the Today Show, and he was just like, yeah, I'd like to do another one. It, it looks pretty good so far. And then the director, Jay Roach, in January of this year was like, yeah, I'd do it. They keep asking these two people, mm. will you do it? And every time they're like, yes. And I guess and there's no just no script. It? Well, Danny, here's where you step in. You write the script. You mm-hmm. give it to them. And you make the fourth Austin Powers. Or they keep threatening you just do the cartoon instead. Because now we're in COVID. And you say, hey, you keep threatening to do the fourth movie. Want you to do it. But right. in the meantime, while we're being safe, yeah. let's make a cartoon. I think the cartoon, and I feel this is true of James Bond as well. I would love to see an animated James Bond movie. Failing that, I'd love to see an animated Austin Powers. But I think Austin Powers would work better as an animated TV show. I just feel like, you know, even if it's only like five or six yeah. episodes. No, like I this, mean a film. And we could easily sell this to HBO Max. It's a new line cinema movie, so Warner Brothers already kind of owns it. Um We could very easily make this happen. Like an Austin Powers animated miniseries. Hashtag Danny for Austin. Hashtag Danny for Austin. I have great ideas for this. Like I genuinely would love to do like just parodies of, because I've seen all the James Bond movies a zillion times. the James Bonds in and out. Like we could, I just like the thought of like Mike Myers' weird uh, dated 90s comedy characters coming back as cartoons and like people would be excited for this. They would be. I listened to Mike Myers on uh, the Conan show recently. He's still funny. He's still sharp. He's, he's not, still got it. It's not like he's been hiding in the woods or something. He just didn't want to do any movies, and he's rich, so he doesn't have to, you know? The life. The dream. To think. To um, dream. Whether it is noble yeah, to love, I, I know, know not. not. Um, oh, he's in for Ashley hashtag Tisdale. Candace party. Um, yeah, so I, I love Austin Powers. I'd love to see some more. I don't know. I think it's kind of like that thing with The Office. Like, I don't know. 
how a revival of Austin Powers would be in 2020, you know, because comedies change because like, you know, sexual harassment's like a pity pretty big thing that people are he like we really, shouldn't joke about this he really but, stops doing that after the first one like he learns his i will say real quick not to interrupt you ahead. which i'm doing but not to interrupt you but like he really is like the only main character in a comedy series who has like an actual character arc like ron burgundy and anchorman yeah. is pretty much the same in anchorman 2 he's like a more depressed ron burgundy because of the plot of the yeah, film but he doesn't learn a lesson he's still an asshole like Austin Powers learns in the first movie that like times have changed. Like he actually learns a lesson and then he goes back to the 60s in the second one and is actually upset by like 60s stuff a little bit. Like he's happy to be in his own time. But then like he butts up against Felicity Shagwell having to sleep with someone else. He's upset by that because he's changed he's and his changed. expectations for a relationship have changed. And then in the third one, I don't think he really does any sexual harassment like he doesn't seduce anyone. He's barely even sexual to Foxy Cleopatra, who's his love interest for the movie. Like, he's kind but of... But that's because that would have just been disrespectful to do to Beyonce. Can you, you imagine you that? I, I mean, Mini-Me does in one scene, and you're just kind of like, how dare you? Okay, well... How dare you? He could get away with it. The he comedic genius. The comedic genius. Vern Troyer was a very gifted physical comedian. Love that man. May yeah. he rest in peace. Yeah. Um, See, that's the thing, is that Mini-Me could not be in a feature-length Austin Powers movie. Um, at this point. But he could be in the cartoon. Because he, he doesn't speak. No, I, now I don't want them to do a fourth one. Throw it out. I take it back. You know the first one doesn't have Mini-Me, right? I know, and it's it's wrong. His it character feels... arc is pretty Ooh. done. Ooh, you know what, though? Yeah. Like, if Scott could kill him, I'd be down for that. You want the that. character dead? <laughs> I thought they would just not use him. How are they just going to not use Mini-Me? The way they didn't in the first one and the way that... We he's... didn't know of him then. You can't go back. Scott's arc is important. Yes, Scott... How would you even do a fourth one now that he knows that he's Dr. Evil's brother? Well, first of all... <gasps> a crime-fighting buddy adventure. Kind of like when in Phineas and Ferb, when Perry the Platypus is trying to teach Doofenshmirtz to be good yeah. and Doof is only good at being evil when he's trying to be good. I'm thinking maybe think we should good. set the cartoon in the 60s so that Dr. <gasps> Evil can still be the bad guy Ooh. and we can have all the fun 60s visuals. Like Maybe the cartoon would be a really good prequel because A, we can make Austin as young as we want to. We could. Um, and B, it allows us to like set the characters back before we ever knew them. Do so, you think... Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, it's fine. Do you think we could get the actors who played young Dr. Evil oh, and young Austin Powers to be Denver? like regular age oh, that'd be them so now? Oh, that'd be so good because they'd be, they'd be the same age as Mike Myers was when right. he did the first one. Oh my God, that's perfect. Isn't that genius? But wait, so I think we should... Someone give me money. The, I think the cartoon is going to be set during the 60s. This okay. is my pitch. We set it during the 60s and it's basically a buddy comedy with Austin and uh, Miss Kens uh, Mrs. Kensington, who's his partner at the beginning of the first movie before he gets frozen. Mm -hmm. We make it a buddy comedy with those two trying to stop Dr. Evil. But like at the beginning of the first Austin Powers, we see Dr. Evil kill all his incompetent henchmen. Each episode can be Austin and Mrs. Kensington defeating one of those henchmen. One of them is like a meter maid. One of them is like a Cuban dictator who looks like Castro. Like we can just do different Austin Powers adventures 
And then at the end of every episode, Dr. Evil kills the bad guy who failed him, like a real Bond movie does. Or like, right. we don't have to be that literal with it. We can, Mrs. Kensington doesn't even have to be in the show. He could have a different girl every week. Like, I just love the idea of an animated James Bond, but the idea of an animated Austin Powers is almost better because the visuals would be so out there and so they crazy. Would. That'd be so much fun. I Doing think a period we should go piece for it. is expensive, but like, it costs the same amount to draw a regular room as it does to draw a 60s room. So, like, it's the only Facts. cheap way to do a period piece. Um, but, yeah, at any rate. Hashtag Danny for Austin. Hashtag Danny for Austin. And so the, la uh, the last thing I'd like to leave you with. I'm going to spoil a James Bond movie for everyone out there. Uh, it's the movie Spectre, the most recent James Bond movie. Mm -hmm. Over the course of the film, it is revealed that James Bond and his nemesis Blofeld, the bald guy with the cat and the scar, mm -hmm. it is revealed that they were raised as brothers, which is the plot twist in Goldmember where Austin Powers and Dr. Evil are brothers. So to be clear, the producers of Austin Powers have somehow properly guessed that Madonna should do a James Bond song. And they have properly guessed that that James Bond and Blofeld would be brothers. People talk about The Simpsons predicting the future. All I'm saying is that Austin Powers did a commercial where he tried to rip Britney Spears' hair off thinking it was fake. And in a few years, she was shaving her head and would have had to wear a wig. Ooh. I think Mike Myers is more prescient than we give him credit for. Also, the... Uh, Mini-me Taco Bell sweepstakes, of course, is indicative of the rise of Trump to president. And has ended, just so you know. What? I can't enter? No. No! Before we finish up, I have a completely unrelated thing to say. You're, I already Get feel you it. rolling your eyes at me for it. I'm gonna eat I just cat. have to congratulate the show Shit's Creek on their, their Emmy, Emmy wins. Mm. I am so proud of them. I feel so bad for them that they've waited this long to get an Emmy. I feel personally they were snubbed previous years and not being yeah. nominated. And now they're finally here and they couldn't even go to the Emmys because there is no Emmys because of the pandemic. And yeah. I feel so bad for them, but I'm so, so proud of them. Um, they it's so well deserved, and I think if you haven't watched Shit's Creek, you need to because it's great. I have never been happier than when I opened Twitter and saw Catherine O'Hara holding an Emmy statue. That woman should be our next EGOT. Our oh. mission over the next few years is to get Catherine O'Hara an Oscar, a Tony, and I think she might still need a Grammy. Well, She's she only should one. release one as Moira, uh, an album as Moira oh Rose. Oh my God, a Moira Rose album? Hashtag album for Moira. Hashtag Danny for Austin, hashtag album for Moira. These are your missions, people. Yes, and if you'd like to join us over on Candace Party, we have a little thing going, hashtag EGOT for Laura, yeah. um, where we're trying to get both Laura Dern and Laura Dickinson and uh, EGOT. So head on those campaigns, folks. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for another episode of The Pants Are Too Tight. I know this was one of our more technical, dry episodes. Usually we're screaming and doing voices and things. This time we were just talking and doing voices. Yeah, Danny's just really into Austin Powers lately. Please make sure you subscribe and you give us a nice little rating or review. Um, and yeah, tweet us, you know, Instagram us. Yeah. Email Can I us? give you one last Austin Powers thing? Go ahead that for it. kind of fascinates me? Go for it. It's the catchphrases that didn't quite catch. Go. Because Groovy Baby so clearly hit the popular consciousness. Groovy Baby. Yeah, the Groovy Baby. Yeah. Dr. Evil saying the freaking idiots and all that stuff. Like that one these, really caught on. These all clearly hit the pop culture in a big way. Groovy uh, Groovy Baby. Uh, what's uh, uh, Do I Make You Horny Baby? Yeah, baby. Just Yeah, baby in general. 
all of these hit the popular consciousness pretty well, but there are like subtle running things like Austin Powers, especially in the second one, will finish taking pictures of something and he keeps going and I'm spent. And he says that yeah. several times. It's like a running bit throughout the that movie. Is. Um, the way Dr. Evil says to Minnie Me, you complete me. Like he quietly says it and like does hand motions. Yeah, you com- I, I love you that complete one. me. I love you. I don't know what I would do without you. Like it's a weird well, bit. You know, that the other going. one that caught on was always like, you know, one billion dollars. Yeah, the one billion dollars really caught on. Um, but like, you know, then you've also got stuff like um, ooh, uh, Foxy Cleopatra always yells Shazam before she punches someone. And obviously Shazam is taken Shazam. as a catchphrase. You know, like that's already being used as a catchphrase. But, you know, it's not like people started walking around doing that one too. Gold member. Everything about gold member is a catchphrase that didn't catch on. I will say with Fat Bastard, he did successfully get people to start yelling the get in my belly or the get in my belly. Oh, God. Yeah. Or or uh, the um, <laughs> like I Bastard, ate a baby, you know, like yeah. things like that, which is a weird joke. Get in my Very weird. belly. But yeah. So um, it, things like that caught on. Uh, you know what didn't catch on? Gold member going, I'm from Holland. Isn't that weird? He keeps punctuating jokes with, isn't that weird? Or, you know, the way that he would, like, end a sentence on a high note. He would go, I love gold. Like, he would just sing the last word of a sentence. To be fair, while I don't Smoking a pancake, (laughs) Cotton? Smoking a pancake? Piping a crepe? Bong and a blintz? Then there is no please. Cigar and a waffle? Um... I don't think that that catchphrase caught on of like, isn't that weird? But you, that's basically what you said comedy itself has become. Yeah. So some might say it did catch on. No, but he's doing it almost intentionally in the yeah, scene. Yeah, no, he is. As like, why would a character yell that I'm weird? Like, yeah. that's a joke. But then just having the characters literally say, that just happened. Yeah. I hate that. Anyway, um, what else didn't catch on? There's another. Oh, in the third Austin Powers, he keeps going, thank you very much. Like, very quickly after a joke. So, he'll, you know, there's a part where he pulls down Dr. Evil's pants. You do that a lot. And can see. I do that a lot, but I did that before Austin Powers. Yeah. Well, it's just a thing. Not before he did, did it, but. Well, no, because I was two years old when that movie came out. But I'm talking about, like, I've just always done the thank you very much or, like, thank you, which is from the producers, really. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot like when John Lovitz was the um, acting thank you, like, he was that master thespian on SNL. But really, it's in the, the producer's musical. There's a part where the. Uh, Roger Debris and Carmen Ghia, they both go, thank, thank you, you, and then they walk out of a room uh, in sync. Love it. Yeah, so anyway, a lot of Austin Powers catchphrases did not catch on. Uh, Austin Powers, a good film, reminds me of my youth. Shouldn't have really been watching it as a youth, but I was. I think the first one's not so raunchy. The other two are, I mean, a lot of there, vaginas. It, it's all a pretty lot of raunchy. Vagina. I love the way Michael York says it. A lot of vagina. He does. He's got, he's got a great voice. That's my mother. He's in the Clone Wars cartoon, the Star Wars cartoon, which is not part of my 40-year rotation. Not part of your 40-year rotation. But in that, he plays an evil doctor who creates a, a virus that is called the Blue Shadow Virus. Mm-hmm. But he's doing a Russian accent. So he keeps talking about the Blue Shadow Virus. And just the phrase, the phrase Blue Shadow Virus is very stuck in my head because that was like a two-parter of Clone Wars. Uh-huh. So for like a week, you were waiting to hear what happened to the Blue Shadow Virus. And well, uh, that's I think about that a lot. a lot. Yeah. Anyway, thanks Basil, for joining us, yeah, folks. Basil Exposition doesn't really get a catchphrase. Of all the characters in the movie. Austin. 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 I'm just going to end this by screaming Austin 20 times. What song do you want to fade out over, do you think? ba ba na na
Oh, you want to fade out of a soul bossa nova? Nah, 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 nah. It's been stuck on my head since you started watching these the other week. Uh, all right. I guess we'll fade out over. So I, I always want to go one weirder. I don't know why. I, I always want to reject the obvious one. Daddy wasn't there. Nah. Um. Oh, the, the Dr. Evil version of the Hard Knock Life. Oh, sure. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Please enjoy uh, the cover of <laughs> Hard Knock Life by uh, uh, Dr. Evil. Give me an escalator to wait bling bling on eBay. Domino. Pipe and smoke it. Uh huh. It's for all my homies in Bruges. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Ah, Crystal, my moto, a couple of beehives. Why not? I got a Buster move, dropping Buster groove, feeling fine. Got an evil crew, gold member to lick my nine. Till then, I'll jump on my butt. Brands up. Put I'm calling Splooge in your app.